3: Hello and welcome to Book Off, a literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddow and I'll be the referee for A War of the Words, which will be taking place between my two guests, who I'll introduce you to in just a moment. But first, the parish notices. We're taking Book Off on the road. Oh yes, well, to Bath, anyway. We'll be live at Bath Literary Festival with authors Michelle Paver and Diane Setterfield. And you, dear listener, can be in the audience if you want to, and if you live near Bath. The event takes place on Sunday the 19th of May at 6.45 in the evening and you can find out more details on how to get tickets, which are just 10 quid a bargain, I think you'd agree, by visiting bathfestivals.org.uk. And if you're a new listener to the podcast. Thanks for giving us a try. We're proudly in our third series now, so if you like this episode and want to hear more, do go back and explore some of our other book-offs, which include battles from Lionel Shriver, David Tennant, Matt Haig, Kate Moss, Adam Kay, Tracy Thorne, Mark Billingham, Tracy Chevalier, John Boyne, Kit Duvall, Sarah Perry, Cecilia Ahern, Tim Winton, and many more. But in this episode... We have a real treat for you because I'm joined by two fabulous humans and two equally fabulous writers. My first guest is a journalist and best-selling author who will no doubt indulge me a little in discussing one of my favourite topics to moan about: Southern Rail. It's Dorothy <laughs> Coomson. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Did yeah. you get here on time?
4: Uh, I got here on time. Yes, wow. I just see that my teeth actually. <laughs> yes, yes, I got here on time. It
3: was. If the train
4: was fine, it was fine. Oh, fine. We'll Let's it, we'll it, was fine. it was fine. We'll give it a tick today for the service yeah. today.
3: Yeah. Uh, and next to her, a prolific author whose goal is to stop you turning the light off at night and keep turning the page. Hello to you, Amanda Prowse. Hello,
1: thank you for it's having lovely me. Lovely to
3: see you both. You look very at home on our sofa. It's very nice.
1: Say. I quite like it, actually. I'm glad we're in our pyjamas,
4: Dorothy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pyjamas.
3: Setting the ambience <laughs> leather here. Leather pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> very de- very niche sort oh of set goodness. of pyjamas. It's,
4: it's gone kind of south already,
2: hasn't it, in this conversation? It's, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah. Two
3: minutes in, we're talking about leather pyjamas. Yeah, <laughs> sorry
2: about that. Um,
3: <laughs> just missing the cat, really, aren't we? <laughs> Happy anniversary, Amanda. I should oh say gosh, this because yes. you joined me uh, on your anniversary with... Well, your husband's downstairs. I
1: know, bless, he's not far away, but, yeah, our wedding anniversary. Oh, oh I know. Are
3: you going to celebrate in, in style, or is this it? I
1: think we are. <laughs> no, this Actually, this is it. Him sat in a separate room and me up here with you and Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy in her pyjamas. No, I think, yeah, we might go out for, yeah, no, uh, you know... A spot of harvest later. I think that's a good yeah, idea. do, 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 do the salad
3: buffet. Yeah. Salad buffet. <laughs> oh, get the sweet corn and Thousand Island dressing. You know what you do, don't you? Hmm. Build
1: up the cucumber around the edge so you can load up the corn. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Why haven't I thought about that before?
3: I just go straight for the crispy onions, you see. that's oh, my yeah. That's my And downfall. the bacon
1: bits that aren't bacon.
3: Yes. Who knows what they are, I mean, but it who, doesn't we matter. We don't want to know what they are, to be honest, yeah. Uh, and uh, Dorothy, thanks for, you know, missing breakfast, essentially, to jump on the train and, and get here.
4: That's more than fine. I'm quite excited about doing this.
3: Okay, um, good. says.
4: Sound. I don't sound excited, but I am. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> You're quite competitive, Dorothy. Me? No, I'm not, actually. No, okay. No, it's funny because it's only when I'm competing that I realise that I do actually want to win.
3: But beforehand,
4: you don't, you don't actually win. <laughs> i <I'm> not competitive. <laughs> you not feeling <laughs> it. No, I tell people all the time I'm not competitive. I'm actually not competitive. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's very different, this, so... Yes, we'll see what happens.
3: Well, we will see what happens, because later, uh, towards the end of the podcast, you're each going to pitch a book that you love, that you think everyone should read, and you'll have three minutes on the clock to do so. But we'll come to that after discussing your new novels. And also, I wanted to talk about World Book Night as well, which always takes place on the 23rd of April, which is Shakespeare's birthday. And the day uh, and, died and, and the, day. Death, and the day. death day. And death day. Yes. Um, and of course, this year is no exception. And you are both big advocates of World Book Day, aren't you? World Book Night.
4: Yes, I completely believe in the power of reading. And World Book Night celebrates reading and the transformative power of of books and having people connect with the world in a different way. I mean, we do it all the time through social media, through television, movies, but I think there's something very special about reading a book and connecting with it and trying to see where the author wants to take you. Even if it's a biography, you you find out new things about the person. Mm. Um, But also, I think a lot of it triggers stuff in your head and makes you think about the world in a different way. I always say, I used to say to people that reading a book was like visiting different worlds without ever leaving your sofa because you can be anybody you want to be. You can go anywhere you want to go, space, under the water, the other side of the planet, Without ever having to leave your sofa, mm. your bed, wherever you read.
3: And you've been involved, you've had a book on the list before, Amanda?
1: Yeah, 2016, yeah, Perfect Daughter, which was lovely. And Did you go and hand it out? Do you know it's really funny, we talk about it a lot because people are so incredibly sceptical aren't they nowadays and <laughs> it, because the book's set in Western Supermare, they said it's a great idea, stand on Western Supermare, <laughs> peer, peer and give out books, so I thought this is marvellous you know, a bit of candy floss, bag of chips um, I see my food theme Dorothy, yes. everything I do is revolving around food. food, Yes. no wonder I'm fat, but um, yeah, so I decided to go to Western Supermare and give out these books and I was going out to people and saying, hello, would you like a book? They were like, no, 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 thank you I said, well it's just a book, is, is it about Jesus? No, it's not A Jesus thing, it's just a reading book, and it was literally like you had to prove to people that it was a free book, there was no catch, you weren't going to take their bank details or sign them mm. up for something. However, when an avid reader came along, we're like, oh. The way their face is lit up, exactly what yeah. you were saying, giving them that gift of escape in their hand. And I love that kids have World Book Day. That's sort of the yeah. you know, the forerunner to it. So children, even if they're not into reading, they're dressing as characters. They're yeah. already on board and loving it without really understanding that it's all about the, the written word. It's
3: fantastic. And we should say, shouldn't we, in case anyone listening doesn't know about World Book Night, people hand out books yeah. for yeah. free. Absolutely, They don't do it as...
4: when it started we used to give out gift books and Mm. stuff now it's mainly focused on institutions like homeless shelters Mm. hospitals prisons basically places where people don't have as much access to books Mm. and to reading I mean you know I'm a big advocate for libraries I think libraries are the best thing in the world and I I feel very sad that so many of them have been closed and shut down or you know have shortened hours or Mm. don't have Mm. professional librarians anymore um so, World Book Night helps to redress it. So, giving books to people who won't have a chance necessarily to read or get the opportunity to pick up a book—a book that might transform their lives—in like mm-hmm. they might see themselves in it, they might recognise a situation. Just being entertained is is uh, for a lot of people who are given the books through those institutions. Just being having the chance to relax and enjoy something is something a bit of a luxury,
3: which is a shame, really. And for people who've maybe not fallen out of love with reading, but who've perhaps not been able to read and they've sort of let it slide a bit, actually giving them an opportunity to go, oh, yeah, I'll make time for this again. This is what I loved and this is what I love doing, yes. And this year, you are on the list, I believe. Yes, my
4: book, um, The Ice Cream Girls, is on the list. Um, Last year, my quick read was on the list as well. Yeah. the beach wedding this year—it's the Ice Cream Girls—and um, yes, it's very good. And will you be?
3: Will you be out on uh, Brighton Beach just uh, handing a few? No, I'm
4: actually. I'm actually um, at an event in St Albans Library. They're reopening, so I'm going to be. The headline act okay. which is okay. where I
1: was at school funny enough which was my local library between the age of six and 16 wow really?
4: is that? yeah amazing yeah. That's, that's amazing I, I can't wait actually to see what it's like
3: now so I'm going to be down on 23rd and it's the grand opening of the of the new yeah library. oh that's great Wonderful. yes so it'll be great fab day to do it as well yes um so that is world book night as I said 23rd of April and what could be better on a Tuesday night than sharing a book with someone you know just passing it on um Let's talk about your latest books, though, and and new books. I mean, because you two have got things happening all over the shop. We've got I've got a whole <laughs> list <in>. here, <laughs> Dorothy. You recently published the Brighton Mermaid, um, which which has done incredibly well.
1: I love that book. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Definitely. And you've got Thank a big yeah. fan here. I do. No, it's it's my favourite of your books ever. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. That's nice to it. hear. It's brilliant.
3: And what, was it inevitable that you would write about? Brighton, do you think, and and, and specifically a body washing up on on the Brighton <laughs> on the, on beach? The sh- oh yeah, on the shore.
4: No, not that b- part of it. Um, a lot of my books since I came back from Australia. I came back from Australia in two thousand and seven, and I moved to Brighton, um, Brightonish, Brighton Hove. Yeah, interchangeable. Um, I have set a lot of my books there, and there is a big, very strong. Brighton element and Hove element in my books. And so when it came to the next story, and I thought, actually, do you know what? I want to set it here. I want to tell it about people. And not just set it here, because the other ones are set there, but to make Brighton the main focus. The main focus, yeah. Yeah, and to um, put it in the title. And, um, yeah, so I suppose it was inevitable, but um, all my books, are, as long as I
3: live there, I will continue to have a very strong Brighton element to them. And is that just because you you know it and love it and that's the sort of world that you're in? Or
4: Yeah, I I do try and sort of like crowbar in the other places I've lived in, into all my books, Um, particularly Leeds. I went Mm. to university in Leeds and I stayed there for a couple of years afterwards. So there's always a Leeds element to my books. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. And South London, where I used to live, um, it's just, yeah, when when you live somewhere, you know it. You know it in a way that other people don't. And, you know, you can write about it in a way that, Someone who's just looking at a map can't. I think I remember when I when I was younger, before I was published, the books I used to read, a lot of them were set in London, and so and people used to write about them like everybody knew London, Mm. and that used to amaze me. And I was like, I'm a Londoner, and I used to I grew up in London, and I went to Central London to work, but it also seemed this assumption that it was, you know, everyone knew London and the whole the UK was just London, so. My first three books were set in Leeds because that's where I I'd lived and so I knew Leeds a bit better than I knew other parts of the country mm. and so then I moved to Brighton and it
3: became that. I think it's interesting you saying that as well about, you know, you, you can only really know a place when you live there. It doesn't matter how much research you do mm. into Brighton, London, Leeds. It, you would never get from it what you'd get from living there for so long. I yeah. Think, or even just for a couple of years.
4: You know? and it becomes part of who you are as well, I yeah. think. Where, where you live kind of leaves its mark on you so you do absorb you know this little shortcuts even just like you know you go down this alley or you go down there or you, you, you can see there used to be a pub there that you used to go mm. to and it's not there anymore
3: the way you refer to things as well like yeah. you know slang for things
0: yeah
1: it's local. also there's something about the scent of a place and the rhythm of a place and the way that it feels that I think you can only truly know yeah. by living there or spending time there and that's something I think if you can get that across which you certainly do you know, I know you do in your books, bookstore, I think that really makes it authentic. Yeah. And you learn something new. Even if you do know the place, you're learning something new. Yeah, because absolutely. Because it's your yeah. experience and vision of it. Yeah, and yeah. I love that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've never been to India. I'm desperate to go. I read a lot of Indian literature. Mm. And I, I'm just trying to absorb as much as I can to get to know it. And people that know the cities and live and breathe the scents, the smells, the sights, the sounds. That to me is what I just, that's my escape really.
3: Yeah. Let's talk about your latest novel as well Amanda Uh, The Girl in the Corner came out in December Oh yes Uh, And it's sort of a story of of friendship And of making your own decisions as
1: Mm. well Yeah it is It's one that um, All my books are very much sort of social observations Slices of life um you know i grew up in the east end of london my family were all east enders and then we moved out to Hertfordshire as mm. we've touched on already and then i've lived all over cuz i married a soldier and i think one of the things that remains most important to me and to and to lots of people i know is that friendship that you have when you're in your formative years mm. it forms you doesn't mm. it the sort yes. of the decisions you make and your politics and how you look at the world and I just wonder what would happen if maybe those relationships, as you got older, that you've relied on and you've taken for granted almost, you realise that maybe they were slightly toxic. Yeah. Or what if they weren't as healthy as you thought they were, mm. but but you're kind of in them because that's how it's always Absolutely. been. Absolutely. Uh, and I sort of started to question that. And so this is the story of Ray Valentine, who is happily married, living in North London to a restaurateur. Um, she has a best friend, Dolly, who's this large of an loud la- life, red haired, big boobed character who's quite domineering. I don't know how I based. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm wondering so, actually. Yeah, it's me, it's isn't it? It's a stretch. It's a stretch. But she's she's quite a domineering character, quite a, a tour de force, and. Ray's life is trotting along and as usual, as most people do, she puts herself fourth or fifth in the pecking order amongst the kids, the work, the life and everything that she does. And and there are revelations in her life that actually make her sit up and realise that maybe her life isn't as idyllic as she thought thought it was. And the people that maybe she's trusted, maybe she needs to question those relationships. And really it's about her breaking out and finding her own way in a world, almost a coming of age novel, but she's coming of age in her 50s.
3: Mm. So we've talked about place as a very important thing in in your writing, but where do you think y- your sparks of ideas come from? Is is can it be anything, or do you go seeking it?
4: Um, a lot of time I I um, eavesdrop.
3: I say there's some
4: people, people sort of rear back in horror at the idea. But Every yeah. coffee shop in Brighton
1: is now going, next time I see that oh, kind of <laughs> I'm going yes, to pipe down.
4: Supermarkets, people, I mean, mobile phones are the best inventions for authors <laughs> because people have these conversations, these wonderful conversations that they would never normally have. I'm on the train. Uh, yeah. I'm just, on the train. Or just, and he said this and he did that. And, and no, really, I can only hear one side of the conversation usually, but it's enough, enough for us. You're a filling in the other side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, um, with Tell Me Your Secret, my book that's coming out in June, the, um, the idea of it came from wanting to tell the victim's story. I mean, it's a story of a woman who, 10 years earlier, is kidnapped from outside a, a London nightclub mm. and held for a weekend by a man, a serial killer, who says he won't kill her if she keeps her eyes closed for 48 hours. Um, she manages to do it and then moves on with her life. She goes back to her life, doesn't tell anybody what's happened. And then it's 10 years in the future and she's got a good life. And then somebody comes forward who said the same thing has happened to her. (gasps) And not only that, this guy is hunting down his past victims. Oh, my goodness. So oh, That's um, brilliant. Oh, I you're such it. a great audience for this. I just think really
2: like, <laughs> oh, that's fab.
4: Um, but for, for me, that story came from wanting to tell the victim stories. People, so many people, things happen to them, but they don't feel they can share it. They can't talk about it. Um, and it's not just because they're ashamed of what happened. They're scared of not being believed. And particularly for women... They have the sense that they have to be perfect. They have to have the perfect past. And for my main character, Peter, she doesn't have the perfect past. She you know, she used to sleep around. She used to drink, go out clubbing. And so she has no sense that... She has this real sense that even if she did tell people what happened, they wouldn't believe her. And this guy has this habit of picked, picking women who don't have a perfect mm. past. Mm. So that's and that's the story I wanted to so tell. Almost,
1: so almost look, he's aware, do you think, that, that Yes, that would how he finds to make them hold back. Yeah, how he oh, finds
4: them and amazing. what he does and the, the the way he terrifies them. Um somebody said to me that I terrified her writing that book. What you want I didn't mean to. Um, but that's that was good that was, feedback though isn't yes, it? Absolutely. <laughs> it's great. But I that's the wait. um that's the um that's where that idea came from. Yeah. That's sort of the idea of wanting to for a change in thriller novels and crime novels, telling the victim's story—you know, the person who's on the slab mm. or the person who escapes—I wanted to tell the story from her point it of doesn't view. Doesn't ever
1: have a voice. Of course.
4: Absolutely, they don't. They don't have a voice. They don't also aren't. They don't ever have a resolution to their story because you find out who done it and you find out why they done it. Mm. But that person is kind of still in limbo, or dead, or you know they have to live with the repercussions. And she is still, ten years later, still
3: living with the repercussions. Oh, I love it. Are you an eavesdropper, Amanda? Yeah,
1: how... I'm very much an eavesdropper. Um, I, I think I always have been. Um, and it's, it's it's really interesting, you you know, talking about that sort of unheard voice. I My next book, which is called The Things I Know, which I think is out in June... Um, is set in the two places that I lived: the Isle of Dogs, where I lived when I was a baby and a child, in a little council flat where I live with my family, and then the other half of the book is set in the farm where I live now. <laughs> and it's really weird. I sort of and I see these two characters who are both very flawed—a male and a female. They're almost like both representations of me, you know, in different yeah. points and stages of my life. Um, and the idea for that came simply through we moved into this farm and it just feels like the most idyllic life I could have right now. I never have to get dressed. I'm mm-hmm. in my wellies. Um, <laughs> a bit like uh, Dorothy Chate in her pyjamas. My leather pyjamas. Uh, yeah, leather pyjamas. Um, you know, and it's all very animals and it's peace and it's quiet and no one cares whether you've washed your hair or got your makeup mm-hmm. on, which I usually don't bother with either. Um, and I just suddenly thought, gosh, this is just almost idyllic. And I was stood there and I imagined this girl... With the view I had, and I thought, "Who is she, and what's her life?" And that sparked that. But it could be anything. Mm. You know, very often I will hear a piece of music, yeah. or I'll hear a joke, or I'll hear a comment, or read a quote, and it can spark something. Do you write yeah. it down?
4: Do you, you sort of make no, a note I don't of it? Write down. No, No, okay. it kind of slots into the yeah. head. Um, sometimes yeah. I wake up, I'm thinking, "I've just had the best I, I say to my husband, <laughs> "I had the best <laughs> idea," and he'll go right because he knows this. You know, after all this time, he's like, "Yeah, okay." And then I'll be. Like, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Should did have it did down. I
1: give you a clue? Did I say <laughs> but, a word? And when you I... write
4: it down, it, it kind of just it's just jumbles of words. It's like often yeah. it's lost if you write it down. Yeah, too, absolutely. isn't yeah, it? It's, you, you have don't...
1: to keep it pristine in your head.
4: Yeah, and kind of replay it. Yeah,
1: bit. definitely. Right.
3: So you you just you have you sort of have the thought. You keep it in there, and mm. then at the right time or when when it comes to sit down and start writing it, it will. You've percolated it. Yeah, yeah. It Some... germinates. Yeah. Germinates. Sometimes
4: you hear. I, I hear a. Uh, I read a news story and it'll it'll go in back of my head. Mm. I know one of my um, one of my books, *The Rose Petal Beach*, is about a woman whose husband is arrested in front of her and her children one night, and then she discovers that he's done some, something terrible, but he's just a terrible person. And that came from years before reading a news story, a, a feature when I was living in Australia, actually, about this poor woman who had people coming up to her door because her husband had been accused of something awful
2: mm. Mm.
4: and her husband had been saying he'd been having an affair with somebody, but was he really? But her whole life fell apart and all she'd done literally was marry this guy. Yeah. And people, newspapers were at her door, the TV people were at her door and I thought, wow, what must, that, what must that be like to have the whole world looking at you and wanting to know what your next movie's going to be? simply because you married this guy mm. who you know he could have done it he could he might not have done it he might have had an affair in which case not great you know and so that's where that story idea came from the sort of rose petal beach the idea of somebody life falling apart because of somebody else's actions and either way she's in a lose lose situation if mm. he has done this terrible thing she can't stay with him if she does stay with him god you've stayed with the guy who's like who's had an affair she she loses whichever way it goes, and that's mm. what. So ideas can come from new stories, from conversations, like
3: say, piece of music. Yeah, My, uh, I had a chat with an author quite recently, as as I do. As you do, and uh, they said that they tend to find the best ideas from the really small absolutely. stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. you know, or the or even adverts. Mm. Yes. I uh, would that would that you you're both nodding and no, that. Absolutely. is that the thing it's it's, 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 it's the thing, smallest yeah. things is yeah, it?
4: you sit there and you go, what if mm. what must that be like? I wonder if I wonder why, and you kind of build it from there.
3: I feel a, a novel about a um, podcast studio. Oh, I like that. Central London. See where, see where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah. It's a very three narrow people. Staircase. St- very
1: narrow. staircase. You get to the end top of it and need oxygen.
3: <laughs> Lolly lollipops, <laughs> but no other food. Are you just
1: grassing me up for eating lollipops no, in at the all. green room, you, Joe, well, you yeah. did
3: that That'd yourself. be great.
4: I think yeah, that'd be a great like idea. You then, sit yeah. there, I'd people sat there, and then <laughs> this one well, of all three of us have got a secret that relates to the other person. <sighs> And then uh, during the conversation, we find out which one of us has killed
3: the producer. There you go. <laughs>
4: this is it.
2: She's good. I tell you what. Mm. Yeah.
3: Charlie's looking very nervous as I know Arthur, he is. Actually, yeah, yeah. Poor guy. I mean, he doesn't know I what, didn't mean what it. to expect. <laughs> um, now then, as I mentioned earlier, you'll hear, as well as talking about these books, to do the book off. And as you know, and, and many listeners may or may not, this is where you pictures a book that you love. And that you think everyone should read. So it's very, very hard, I think, to ever say favourite book. And I would never Mm. do that to anyone. Mm. And so we open it a little bit to a book that everyone should read because I think that Slightly changes what you choose.
4: Definitely, yes. yeah.
3: So before we get into the nitty-gritty and the gloves come off, uh, Amanda, what have you brought for us?
1: I have chosen um, Lemony Snicket, A Series of Unfortunate Events by Daniel Handler. And Now, really, I suppose I'm cheating because I'm really looking at 13 books, in the series. <laughs> but if we can't look at them as a whole, which I'd like to, then the first one is called The Bad Beginning.
3: I think you're allowed... We can se- I think I you're think allowed so. the series.
4: Because they're really, they're one story No, that's not, that's up. not fair.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've got a series book, but I'm
4: talking about the first
3: book in the series. So I'll I, talk I, about
4: I th- the first then. Yeah. There you go, I can just do Just to that. make
3: it fair. Yeah, I, just can, to do make yeah. It fair. I
4: can do that. And
3: what, what's your book, darling?
4: My book is Noughts and Crosses by... The Fabulous I that's her love name that Mallory The Fabulous Mary Blackman I met her
1: and went completely gaga a few weeks I ago I did. into her went you're Mary Blackman she went yes I am and <laughs> she just smiled at me and then I said can I have a selfie and I never do it and I literally jumped on her took a selfie the poor woman I don't think I'm sure she, knew she what, loved it I scootled out of the studio I think she thought "Well, who was that what just happened <laughs> and then I plastered it all over social media look what happened to me today of course I was very yeah, chuffed. I did that
4: when I first met her but yeah. I
1: shouldn't be picking your book should I, I no be. I see to, I need to fight my own corner here
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. you yeah. well, <laughs> sort of worry yes yeah, right? yeah, so I know I have a bit
1: a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot, maybe may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance
3: Yeah, It's time to decide who's going to go first or second and who is going to be rung out or, I was going to say horned out, but that's not really the honked I haven't out. I have been horned out for a while, actually. I don't
1: mind. Um, it's your anniversary. I'm, yeah, it's true. Uh, um, so, Christmas so anniversary. You can either
3: have one of those, oh. which, will, which will sort of give the time up, or you can have a bit of that. So, Dorothy, you get to decide whether you go first or second. Can I go second, please? You absolutely can. Uh, Which means, Amanda, you get to choose whether you have the bell or the horn.
1: What a glorious choice. I would like to be honked, please. And
3: you certainly can be. I think it's only appropriate. Which means, uh, Dorothy, you are going to get the bell, OK? (laughs) OK. So we're going to put three minutes on the clock. And Gosh,
1: I have no concept of what three minutes looks or feels like. So Me either. It's well, just, I'm just going to ramble.
3: Do, you ramble on and at about two minutes. Do we get like a minutes, flash or a will I'll, I'll flash you, as it were, at two minutes. How about that? Don't just joke, to give you don't a, don't
1: a flash <laughs> us at two minutes. Can you just raise a I'm hand you, or this, this, this book's just writing itself. You know what? It? This is going to be edited. <laughs> this, you know, don't book, you? And this podcast book's just writing itself. Filth. It's pure filth is what
3: it is. Oh dear. Um well I'll do something at two minutes then. A wave at you or something. Just Lovely. to give that'll give you a guide, okay, won't it? Thank and then you, of Jane. course as soon as you uh hear the horn, that's it.
1: I'm, I'm done, I have to shut up, do I?
3: So it's three minutes on the clock. Over to you to tell us about Lemony oh. Lemony Snicket by Daniel Handler.
1: Lemony Snicket, series of unfortunate events, is a book that really I do believe everyone should read. Firstly because I think it appeals to every age group, whether you're five or or 105 it's an unusual look at what happens to three children the Baudelaire children who become orphans very early on when their parents are killed in a mysterious fire Um, and it's it's really looks at everything that could possibly happen to a child that would be the scariest thing in the world so they're orphaned they often don't have enough to eat they're cold they're uncomfortable they don't know where they're going to spend their next night because um you know they don't know where they're going to be living, all these things. And the life lessons that are in this series of books are absolutely incredible. It teaches you it's not about stuff and things, it's about each other. It teaches you about being resilient. It's about understanding that not everyone appears to be who they maybe say they are. So someone who steps forward, this mysterious Count Olaf who purports to be their guardian, is actually a real baddie that's after their fortune. And these children have to work together and find ways to outsmart. All the adults are saying, no, this is the right thing for you. This is what you need to do. And they're like, but we're scared and we know he's not really who he says he is. These kids are smart, they're resourceful, but it's very much about the life lessons that we can all learn from it. Namely, that it is about relying on each other. And also that just because a situation feels bad and looks bad, that's not how it's always going to be. Things can and do change and it very often does get brighter. So even though it might feel like, you know, a bad beginning or the darkest end, there's often a good adventure to be had in the middle and you need to enjoy the ride. So if that's not something that I think everybody can learn from, whether you're five or 105, I think it's, uh, it's hard to beat that. I love the fact that Daniel Handler wrote the book originally as a sort of gothic horror story. When he pitched it to a publisher, they said, no, no, we don't like this. But if you did some tweaks and add some sort of teenage children, baby type characters, it could be a great YA novel. And at that point, he, the Lemmy Snicket series was born. But what's so brilliant is it has the bedrock of an adult book. So there's still quotes and jokes and things that adults will find meaningful and funny and informative. And at a completely different level, kids will also love it and young adults will also love it. I think there's something for everyone. Whoa! Oh, I got honked!
3: I'll honk you anyway, even though you had, you had a little bit of time there. Oh, you did I? It did in, I
4: waste didn't... my seconds? Oh, that's all right. <laughs>
3: You, d- you sort of did a, a perfect summation there. And you
4: did. I'm quite scared uh, now.
3: Very good opening pitch. Are you, are you feeling, <laughs> feeling the pressure there?
4: Feeling? feeling pressured, but I'll be all right. Be I'll all right. be all right. <laughs> you know, my leather, my leather pyjamas are gonna <laughs> going to keep going. They'll see you through.
3: <laughs> right, I'm going to put three minutes back on the clock then for you to tell us about Noughts and Crosses by Mallory Blackman.
4: Mallory Blackman's Noughts and Crosses is the first in the series as well and it's a book um, that was published in 2001 and I tell you that because so many of the themes in this book are timeless it's the story of two people Callum and Sephie. Callum is a nought a white person and Seffi is a cross a black person and the noughts and crosses have a, a like our society, but flipped. So the crosses, the black people, are in power, whereas the noughts have no power and no status and are treated very badly. And it allows you to look at our society. But it's a love story about these two people who are kept apart because of their status and because of their skin colours. And they go through... I mean, there's so many brilliant parts of it, and I keep... I've sort of noted, made notes, and there's the first kiss, and then there's the misunderstanding that keeps them apart and then there's the tender moments I mean the, t- the first kiss is just so wonderful it's so brilliant and how teenagers would kiss and you know the sort of the yuckiness of it and then the, oh actually it's not so bad about it and then you know the, their relationship and how it develops and how the outside world kind of forces their way into them and then you get halfway through it completely switches and it's a completely different book and callum becomes um basically becomes a terrorist and Seffi becomes um she's i can't I can't give out too much, too much away i don't want to give too much away from the book because everyone should read it but basically it's such a prescient book it's like Maria blackman knew what was coming, and there's so many references to things that are happening right now. There's a part when they go on the train, and Callum, because he's a nought, he's sitting in first class with Seffi, and she's across, and the ticket inspector comes along and says, basically, where's your ID? And he's horrible to him, absolutely horrible, and Seffi is horrified because she doesn't experience that, and I think a lot of white people don't experience that. They don't understand. And that's what's the brilliance and the beauty of this book is that, that you know, it's our world but done in such a gentle and different way. And I gave this book to my husband to read because we were going to go see the stage play. And he he really enjoyed it. My husband likes hard-boiled thrillers, big stories, and non-fiction books. And he's really, really enjoyed He hasn't quite finished it, but he really enjoyed it. He said to me, this is completely different. It starts off in one way, and it's completely different. And then the ending, my goodness, I'm a hard, hardened heart woman. I do not cry. This end The ending of this book, I was like, no, she's not going to. Oh, my God. Crying my eyes out. Everyone should read this book. It's wonderful.
2: Ah. Oh.
3: Fabulous! With five seconds to go as well, Dorothy brought it in. Woo! <laughs> Just under the wire. There. I could see <laughs> you looking. You, I saw your face go. Look at the I've got so, <laughs> so much <laughs> to say. So much to say about <laughs> this book. I've got so much to say. Thank you both. And wow, where to start? Well, let's go back to you, Amanda, and, and let's go to to Lemony Snicket um, because I read these a long time ago. <laughs> And just hearing you talk about them has made me think, why haven't I picked those up again? You know?
1: The Gothic imagery, the way it's described, it's almost like there's these amazing Gothic mansions that you're walking through. His power of description for place and time and and the costume, everything is described to the nth letter with such perfection. It's like you are living with the Baudelaire children. I love it.
3: And one thing I, I don't think I knew is that it was originally an adult. Book or was mm. meant to be an adult mm. story, and then it was changed Once for. Once you know
1: that, though, Joe, you can see that that's the bedrock of it. It's yeah, really that's clever. That's really interesting, yeah. and mm.
3: and why you're you were saying, you know, if you're five or 105, mm. you can still enjoy this mm. book. I'm sort of desperate to go back and and read them mm. now. Mm. Uh, and Dorothy, I just think uh, what a, a powerful pitch there as well. I Absolutely love Mallory Blackman. I think all three of us sat around mm. this room could yeah, would absolutely. would all agree. Yes, uh, she's please. a wonder. Noughts and Cross is a, a, a fabulous book. Um, hearing you talk about it though. Now, as we sit here in 2019, and all those references you mentioned, I'm suddenly like, "Yeah, you know, that's true. I've forgotten about that. I've forgotten mm-hmm. about how, you know, what are we talking? 18 years ago, when yes, she yes. well, when it was published, Publish, maybe yeah, 19 abs- years yes. ago, when she wrote it. And this is this is such a relevant book. And absolutely, she, she continues to be
4: absolutely. And one of the things I forgot to mention, I'm not doing, I'm not doing an extra pitch, but <laughs> the the there's a scene in the school where they go through all these. Um, People who were the first to, you know, the first person to the north, first man to north, north, um, north pole, yeah. the first open heart surgeon, the first person who created blood banks—they're all black people—and mm. you know that's all been erased from the books. And she says at the end in her author's note, "These are all people, and it's all true." Yeah. And and yeah. we kind of we don't hear about these things at all. We don't. I mean, now it's better, but it's still we don't realize that those things are. Are there.
3: Are there, or, or have happened. Absolutely. And you said, our, it's our world told in a different way, and that just really yes. stayed with me as well, that, that line. She's such a fab writer, and I think you, you would agree, she writes so well. You, you mentioned the teenage kiss being so brilliantly yes. described. She writes so well for her audience, but also for any of us. You Absolutely, know? for adults. And... It's It's not about... In a way, it's not about being a young adult book. It's just a great book, it is. and she's just a great writer. Um, well, I've got to I've got to choose one to take home, haven't I? Um, and it's going to be a tough one because
1: he's torn. He's I am torn, torn. You can he tell. is good. It's it good. That we've done yes,
3: our absolutely. job Absolutely. But you know, you know, when you were talking, Amanda, about you know, he he talks about some of the scariest things for children. Mm. Um, and that people are not always what they say and and this is it's just so, that's also so relevant now and even the style of that writing c- can probably be enjoyed now and as i said i i'm really keen to go and pick those back up again um but i think i'm going to take Norton and crosses home. I think wow. I'm going to take Norton and crosses home. I think Mallory Not my copy. just... No, no, no.
1: Is, is there a consolation prize? At <laughs> There's a lollipop? a lollipop. lollipop. <laughs> Another lollipop. Another lollipop. told me that, I well, would have just, I, you know, I would have hello. lost if I, if
4: I knew the <laughs> lollipop. <involved. laughs>
3: uh, because I think Mallory is uh, just so relevant. I think that mm. everything you said there, Dorothy, is, is, is important and the book is brilliant. And it based on your pitch, I think people listening who haven't read it
1: Absolutely.
3: will probably now go and get it oh, good. Um, a worthy winner I hope
4: I think so absolutely and I think you did a fantastic job with Lemony, Thank you. Lemony.
3: so you do I Amanda no I'm way. genuinely hearing you talk about it I thought oh god yeah, <laughs> I've, you know I remember them. Yeah, you know, it's, it's weird. Belong? I
1: actually, I actually only bought them to read to my son. He was little, oh, okay. And he's very dyslexic. He's dyslexic, and and it's only when I read that I thought, actually, I'm I'm enjoying this
4: as much as him. Instead <laughs> <Yeah>. of <So laughs> it being a
1: chore. But it's exactly the same with mary Blackman. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think it's a way novel, it isn't. It's for everybody. It
4: is for everybody, yeah, and agreeing. it is it is quite mm. affecting. Yes. It's
3: We're, happens, We're, so. having a We're having a love We're having a a scrap,
4: aren't we? Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's I know. More, you know. Too much love. Yes. Really, I yeah, think I might I might pick up the lemony stickers and see. Oh, you'd love them. Honestly. See, that's
3: that that's a nice way to end because you you sort of go oh, I'll take your book as well Yeah. thank you both very much for joining me thank you for those brilliant pictures and for talking about World Book Night which we must remember is the 23rd of April so if you're listening to this before the 23rd of April do search it out and see what you can do on that night The Brighton Mermaid by Dorothy Coombson is out now published by Century and look out for Tell Me Your Secret, that's coming in June and The Girl in the Corner by Amanda Prowse is published by Late Union and available now and we can look out for your new one The Things I Know, which is June as well That's right. Gosh you're so busy aren't you? (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) Um, It's been an absolute pleasure, thank you both for joining me
4: Thank you, oh, very much. Much. thank
3: you. Planning for your next trip?